May mercy and grace and peace be yours from God our Father through his Son, his only Son, our Savior, Jesus the Christ. Who are these? Who are these people? That's a simple question, sometimes with a silly answer, but sometimes with a significant answer. Who are these campaigning to end daylight savings time? Bringing forward and falling back every year. Who are these who back in April predicted that the Houston Astros would win the World Series again? Who are these getting up early on Tuesday morning to be in line because they always vote on Election Day? Who are these suddenly without jobs in the past days because Twitter has let go half of its employees? Who are these still shaken by tornadoes in northeast Texas and southern Oklahoma as their homes were damaged or destroyed? And who are these gathered here at Crown of Life Lutheran Church to observe All Saints Day on this first Sunday of November? May the Holy Spirit give us attentive ears and expectant hearts as we ponder the word of God this day that we might rejoice in the good news spoken to and about and for all the saints. People God dearly loves. I want to begin by saying something about the book of Revelation, the final book of the Holy Scriptures. It's important to understand why the Holy Spirit Why the Holy Spirit had these words given and heard by the Church of Asia Minor in the late first century, but also to the church of every place and every century. The Apostle John writes to encourage God's saints. John encourages them to be faithful, faithful when tempted, faithful when persecuted, faithful even to the point of death. This encouragement is grounded in the full and finished work of Jesus Christ. Revelation tells that story with rich visions and powerful images. Though sometimes confusing to modern believers, they were clear and comforting words to our brothers and sisters in the faith 2,000 years ago. This is what they heard and held to. Jesus wins. And so do his saints. This is what you and I need to hear and hold to. So listen again to the question which John the Apostle is asked by one of the elders, perhaps one of the pastors of the church. When John sees a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Who are these? Who are these clothed in white robes and from where have they come? But John answers with a non answer. Sir, you know, meaning you already know, don't you? So the elder replies, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Who are these? Those who have heard Jesus call out. Follow me, those in whose hearts the Holy Spirit has worked saving faith. Who are these? Those who have confessed their sins and those who now confess Jesus is Lord. Who are these? 
those tested and faithful, those tested and faithful in following Christ, even in time of tribulation and persecution. Who are these? Today's short and sweet epistle from 1 John chapter 3 gives us another answer from a different perspective. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are beloved. We are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Notice something important. Both the letter of John the Apostle and the revelation of and to John the Apostle speak the good news the same way. They both speak present tense. It's who are these, not who were these or who will be these. Who are these clothed in white robes? Here is John's answer from that first letter to the church. See what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are present tense now, not a distant promise, but a current reality. Though, yes, and wonderfully, there is more to come, more to be given, more to receive more to rejoice over for what we will be has not yet appeared, has not yet been made known, has not been revealed. We need to back up. Who are these in white robes? Who are these called and claimed as God's precious children? These are those for whom Christ willingly went to the cross. They are rebels. They are runaways. They are sinners. They are each of us. They are all of us. For Jesus suffers and dies only for those who are lost, which means that Jesus dies for all. But this complete and universal justification is by the Holy Spirit's work, followed by individual justification. The truth that the Lamb of God sheds his pure and precious blood is received as treasure only by those who admit that they can do nothing to earn God's mercy, nothing to deserve God's grace. Only those who say with Martin Luther in his explanation of the third article, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. As some of you have heard me say, reducing that a little bit, I believe that I cannot believe. This is his faith. A beggar's hands open. Open to receive the gift of salvation. This is a sinner being declared a saint, a holy one. Who are these people who need new clothes? More than that, we don't need a change of clothes. We need clothes. We need to be clothed. For we are just like Adam and Eve in the garden after they listened to the tempter's lies. After they tasted the forbidden fruit. We are naked. We are naked in our shame and in our guilt. And in futility, we attempt, as we sang last Sunday, to cover our nakedness with 
fig leaves of self-righteousness. But Jesus takes our nakedness and makes it his own. For he is nailed on Good Friday, stripped of his garments, yet covered with our sin. Then he gives us new clothes to wear, his clothes of righteousness to wear, for our robes are washed and made white, this blessed paradox, in the blood of the Lamb. Who are these in white robes? Who are you? Look at your clothes. This was easier to say at eight o'clock because we wear what Ava Ann now wears. And Ava Ann now wears what you have worn since your baptism into Christ. Her baptismal garment is shared. It's yours. It's mine. She is and we are part of that great multitude standing before the throne of the Lamb, clothed in white robes of righteousness. I've been looking at the cover of this Sunday's worship folder during the past week. And finally, I was so curious that I grabbed my magnifying glass. Yes, glasses and magnifying glass, because I wanted to see if I could read the names on the tombstones. These saints surrounding this church. That dark one to the right, it's Anderson. Then I think I see a Sonius and behind it a Bolesky and maybe a Pastor Gassab here near the front. I wish we had this here at Crown of Life. A cemetery surrounding our walls with the names of our fellow saints whose souls are with Christ, knowing only joy, even as their bodies are awaiting the great resurrection when our Lord returns in glory. And with these names added from the past 12 months, Gary White and Roosevelt Eubanks and Lynn Cradle. And Thelma Hawkins and Luke Bird. Today is a day to give thanks for all the saints who from their labors rest. It may be for some a day of loss and longing, of sorrow and sadness, of reflection and remembrance. But it is also a day of promise and joy and hope. Because there is one more present tense in this word of God before us this morning. It is Jesus himself speaking in the first of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Rejoice and be glad. Blessed are you. Holy are you. Rejoice and be glad. Yours is the kingdom of God. Rejoice and be glad, my fellow saints. For you are clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.